The woman who put all together. Hold on, my mic. All right, then I bind you. Yes, God. The woman who put this whole event together. She snatched and she saved. Yes, God. She's beat and she got Bible. All right. She's the one who did this whole event. God times me. So can we just put a big round of applause for our girl, Jalen Reynolds. Come on out, my girl. The first 
first question is, what does balance mean to you? So does anyone out there want to answer, what does balance mean to you? Y'all, Aisha. I squat and I eat fried chicken. So that's balance? <laughs> Cut up then. Anybody else want to say what balance means to them? Well, balance to me is, since y'all want to answer, but y'all going to warm up as time progress. Um, balance to me is basically, like she said, making a list of priorities and not neglecting the things that I care about because of work. And so I want to ask the panelists, like, what does balance mean to you or what is balance to you? You got the mic, so that means you got to answer But just knowing what to juggle at that particular time. I agree with that answer. I also think um, balancing to me, because um, I have a lot on my plate. So I would say that it includes also making sure that all of those areas, some kind of way, um, serve the same purpose. I believe that every area that I'm doing, regardless if it's work, church, any extracurricular, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do in, in that area, then the balance is off. So I have to make sure that everything is working together, whether I have to prioritize or not. It still needs to work for that collective purpose. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say just, you know, the women on the panel have said really good things. Balance to me just sort of looks like, as Jamie said, not giving equal weight to things, but I found that I'm giving myself in the moment to wherever I am. You know, balance to me looks like if I'm a mother and I'm spending time with my children, I'm giving myself 100% to that moment, you know? I'm not on my phone, I'm not, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, or whatever like that, but I'm spending time with my kids. If I'm with my husband, I'm spending time with him. If I'm at school, I'm doing, so I found that, you know, it's just really being present 100% in the moment, in whatever moment you're in. And I think balance, and, balance is important also to take time for yourself. You know, because sometimes in the juggling of everything, in the, you know, just trying to make sure you get to everybody and, and everything, you know, we leave ourselves out of the equation. So I think keeping things in perspective and keeping a balance is also making sure that yourself is a priority as well. The next one is, what has been one of your biggest obstacles in balance? So I would like to hear from people in the audience. Like, what is, Courtney, what is your biggest obstacle in balance? Um, I think 
for me everything seems like an obstacle sometimes like it's like when you get one area together you be like man this other area how this happen you know so I think for me it's just learning to watch my pace with things and not giving like they were saying not giving one thing more than I give the other but being excellent in every area and giving my 100% in every area. Because sometimes I'll be good with the things that I like, but when it comes to school, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I hate this. Like, when is this gonna be over and not giving my absolute best in it? So that's what I would say. What about y'all? <laughs> hey, is it? All right, so um, the question was options. Um, my biggest obstacle for balance is Some of you guys that know me in here already know that Nicole's gonna say yes. If you ask me, I'm gonna say yes. Don't ask me, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it. So, um, my biggest obstacle is saying no. Um, learning that um, no is okay, that no is a full sentence, that um, people are say no to me all the time. And so, why is it not okay for me to say no to others? Um, no is self preservation. No is self-preservation. back with what you were saying um 
my biggest obstacle with balancing is finding out what I should be balancing. Um, like sometimes I feel like I just put so much on and most of that is not saying no, but I just feel like, okay, I gotta do this, I gotta be over here, this need me, this need me, um, this friend need me, my mama need me because she calling. Um, so it's just so much that I have to do that I don't know what I need to prioritize and what to um, what to put on the scale to balance. So it's, it's I don't know, it's just like everything got all in my life right now. <laughs> if I was to be honest, you know, so it's just like me trying to put things back together and not spread myself so wide and just like, okay, Keisha, just focus on this and then other things will begin to come into order. The next question is, how do you make time for God and work and work? So that means work, like if you got a nine to five and work when you're trying to build whatever you're trying to build, you see a brand or any products that you have, like how do you balance that time? Anybody in the audience wanna, wanna shoot at it? Um, I have to segment my days. So I have a full-time nine-to-five job plus three side gigs, you know, so I try to, it's easy to want to multitask and be like, oh, I could do this while I do this and I'll try to do this too. No, I realized just like we were talking about being present, you have, in order to do your best at each one of those jobs, you have to be fully present for each one of those jobs. So you can't technically be doing all these things at the same time. You have to divide your day and you have to decide, okay, for this hour, I'm gonna spend on this. You know, For this hour, I'm gonna spend on my side gig. And you just have to put 100%, I call them power hours. So like for that power hour for my side hustle, I'm just gonna go hard you know, for that one hour. If that's the only time I have, even if it's at 10 p.m., you know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to get organized, get my finances right or whatever. But yeah, there's a way to do it. But if you're trying to you know, play this balancing act where you're trying to do all these things at the same time, you're bound to drop the ball and you're bound to kind of screw up in one thing or have some typos in another. You know, So I try to put my full attention into that activity for that like, moment of time. Um, my name is Rachel, everybody, how are you? <laughs> um, one thing that I've really had to teach myself over the past, I say good month now I've been doing this, as far as keeping God with me, it's like the smallest, you know, conversation with him or just, you know, it can be anything like, Lord, thank you for allowing me to get this gas right now. You know, you have to do those little things all throughout the day and that's how you know, you keep it with you. That's how you maintain your relationship with God while you're doing everything else. Um, for me, um, I don't go more than, uh, I don't pray for an entire hour, but I don't go more than one hour without talking to God. Um, I feel like it is a relationship. It is a constant check-in. It is a constant of, you know, God, I pray about petty stuff. I'd be like, Lord, I pray my wig go on straight today. Lord, I pray, God, I ain't got no gas in this tank, but God, if you get me, y'all ever do a nervous prayer? I'll just be like, Lord, if you get me out of this one. 
but um, but it is a constant check-in. It is a con it's a heart matter. It's a heart matter of you know you you make time for the things that you want to, and if you want to make time for God, you will. say for me it helps me to schedule like I have to run myself my life on systems and scheduling um, because I just feel like if I don't run it on systems everything will get out of whack you know I like know that I have to wake up by this time I have to do this on this day I have to do certain things on certain days because I know that if I don't, then I will not get that time in with God. You know, I actually put, take out my planner and I wrote down on my planner, okay, this is the day I'm going to spend time with my kids because I know that time can get away from you. You know, you say that you're going to spend time with your kids. You say you're going to have date nights, but life happens and things can go by so fast. And before you know it, the whole month is gone. You haven't done any of that. So I get out my planner, I put on my planner, um, date night, I put on my planner, okay, time with the kids. And I just really try to get a good system, and it really helps. Early mornings help me too, you know. I have to, like Joanna was saying, spend time with God in the morning because I know the rest of my day is going to just not go well. And I find that even sometimes you can feel like you don't have time to spend time with God, but have you ever not spent time with him and your day was just a wreck? And you got up the next morning and you spent time with God and your day flowed so much more smoothly. So it's like we still have to take that time to spend time with him because he will order our footsteps and he will give us wisdom. And he will allow us to, you know, do different things and show us how to do things so that we can balance. We can accomplish certain things and get the things that we need done in our lives. I was going to say 
lately I've been like, God, it's it's hard for me to balance my time with God and like do stuff like working out. I'm like, Lord, I need help. And so I'm like, God, give me something that I can do with you and still get this done. So he told me, you walk and pray. And I started walking and praying, y'all, and I like it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose weight, and I'm talking to God at the same time. Like, I'm killing two birds with one stone. Like, it just makes me feel so good because it's like I ain't got to, you know, do nothing different. I could exercise, and I could pray. You know, I could be casting demons off the city and casting these pounds off of me at the same time. At the same time. So I would say, like, also finding something that you like, like, and then incorporating God into that. And I think sometimes we don't just take the time out to try new things. And then we kind of just be stuck in the same routine, you know. So do something different with God. You could talk to him at the library, at the bookstore. You know, do something different outside of your normal day-to-day thing. Adding on to that, um, it's about the people. I heard several people say it's about the people you're with. Or um, I know everything that I do in my life, everything that I do, is because of God. I know. Let me say. Let me correct that too. Everything that I do well, I know it's because of God. I love my job. I love my job. I'm very good at. It. I am the CFO. I don't know everything. And it amazes me when I get to certain points and I like parts in my work and I'm like, ooh, God, ooh, you showed me that that's awesome. You know, his awesomeness never ceases to amaze me. And so in everything, I like writing. I write for the church. Zayla knows this. She's come to some of the places. When I write, I know I'm getting it from him. And so talking to my best friend, who I'm very organized. She's completely opposite. I mean, we are opposites, which probably makes us work. But in speaking with her, I said, when I work, I know what, you, you, you know what type of people we run into at work. I have to work with people or treat them, my customers, as if I'm working or I'm working for God. You know, if I'm writing a play, who am I writing this for? I'm writing because God is sitting in my audience. You know, everything I'm doing, I'm doing it because I know if I serve his people, I'm serving him. And so that's how I get to spend, you know, that additional time. Then when I have those bad moments, you've never heard this before, I've never said this. When I have those bad moments at work, they do show up. I walk into Jalen's office. I've never heard, you know, you all know Jalen. <laughs> and I can walk in Jalen's office and she may be on the phone talking. I can tell when she's working, you know, she's doing, she's multitasking and she's doing something. But I can walk in and I can get a little positive vibe and I can walk back. And it's about having those people around you. Because it's not going to always be an angel yeah. sitting on your shoulder. And so you have to walk around, you know, walk around, walk around, find that angel who is around you. And that allows you to get that time. Okay, let me go back to my office now. Say a little prayer. I can get back to it. Because the devil is busy. And the most times.
says, how can people know if they are dealing with mental health issues and what are some mental health issues? Because some people might not know. It says, what are some mental health issues? <laughs> That's a spectrum. <laughs> so, so mental health issues, and I like to normalize this because this has been such a stigma in our community for so long. And so when you have mental health issues all the way to what we call mental in the profession, like details, where you're just having some relationship issues, or you're having some relationship
going to therapy is okay. Like, it is okay. And it really makes you feel better. Because talking to your friends sometimes, they give you biased opinions. When you go to a therapist, she gonna let you know, no, 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 that ain't right. They're thinking, they're thinking, that ain't right, you know? So being open to finding you a therapist, you know? So, yeah. The next question is how, um, I didn't even read the next question, but the next question is how important is therapy?
you're always accepting. And I want to meet you where you are, but I'm also going to challenge you too, so that you have to be in that space where you're vulnerable and be ready because you can't do therapy without being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say therapy is not scary. Um, matter of fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I um, filmed not my daily sessions, but me walking into therapy and what that looked like. Because a lot of times people think it's going to be a thing where you got to go on the couch, I have to pay the walls and all that stuff. And you know, it's really not like that. You know, you know, it can be very therapeutic. But it's like any other place that you would go to. If I feel that I'm having some challenges at the gym and I need to get a trainer, I mean, it's okay to do that. And just like you know, James said, that person will get to walk you through that process. When you're dealing with a lot of untreated trauma, things do come up. It's called triggers, and you might be triggered. So even though a lot of times in the church we mean well, and we're called to do that, but you need to go to somebody that's credentialed. Because when you get in that place of stuff and all these things start coming up, you need to know that somebody's there to guide you through and give you some grounded techniques so you won't go back to being that seven-year-old girl like me who's molested. No, you're not that girl anymore. I need you to come back to the girl who's this age now, and um, and things like that. So therapy is really, really great. Uh, again, it's a way that, you know, we can, you know, unload. It's a way that we can, it's your hour. It is your hour to be selfish. Your hour to be selfish and to work on you. And when you look at it that way, don't you deserve that? I mean, you guys, you know, as women, we talk to each other all the time, and that's great. But what about having that person where you can go to and you can talk to, talk to and they can talk you through it that's confidential, they're not gonna judge you, and they're gonna, like Jamie said, you know, help you do the work to be the best version of yourself. It's one of the best things I ever did. I was scared to do it, but um, once I did it, it was amazing. Jamie said um, a little about emotional abuse, even to ourselves. How can a person know when they are being emotionally abused, and what is some advice that you can give to someone seeking help from being
I just remember from that point on for me was like, if, if you're not licensed, I'm not about to come see you about any of my issues because you really are not trained on how to handle me with love, how to handle me without your bias, and how to handle me, you know, uh, with just care and understanding and knowing that, you know, where we are, you are not always going to stay there. So, it, you know, you're constantly growing. You're going from from glory to glory. You know, it's a process. But I just, for me, it, I feel like the church needs to be more responsible in terms of what they call counseling. And I have seen, I have seen the language get better. You know, now they're calling calling certain things mentoring, like marriage mentoring or marriage, um, you know, coaching or, you know, some of those things. So removing some of that language that um, would signal that they have trained, licensed individuals. But I really do feel like the church has a responsibility to, to, to either hire, contract out, or train, or refer. Build relationships with your community. Um, and even the people that are attending your church so that you have a system by where you can refer some of your people so that you're not causing further damage. That's what I was going to say. Legally, um, you can't say that you're counseling somebody. My husband and I, we pastor Love Alive Church. Shout out to Love Alive. And beautiful ladies are, they go to our church, so we definitely have people that are equipped at our church to handle those things. Work, we'll need to be able to 
aggressive. They're not going to tell you that, but say that. And it's okay to call and say, hey, I don't want to piss off someone that looks like me. It's okay to say that, right? And if you're not on a college campus and you're looking for therapy and you're unsure kind of where to start, there are a lot of different places you can do that. Um, I always like to share psychology today. Type in Baton Rouge. You can see people's faces, what they look like. You can see if you have insurance, you can put in your insurance. If you know that I'm dealing with depression, you can put in depression. It'll show everybody that has a question for them now. You can even call your insurance, and they'll give you a list of um, clinicians that are on your insurance that accept that you can go and see. And Google it a little bit up and read about it. And a lot of times, most of us are open to talking on the phone. Are you coming in to see us for the first time to see if it's going to be a good fit? Because I will say this, and um, I don't think we get offended. We're not a good fit for everyone. So if I had clients that came in and it just wasn't a good fit, and we'll bring that in the room, we'll talk about it and say, hey, let me give you a list of referrals because I feel like maybe this isn't a good fit for us. And so, and it's okay to trial and error to find the person that's a good fit for you. shout out to things like just what you're doing. That a lot of that is happening in the community and I thank you for you know really being specific about mental wellness, especially something black women. I'm gonna tell you about this in two minutes and then you probably keep an eye out for this. So um, we are doing a lot of work in the community. A lot of times, you know, I'll refer people to Vivica and um, and to, to Jamie and other people. So there are type of critiques and things happening because again we didn't want to talk about an African American community on the faith based community. So now
every two months, I want the male figure in my life today. And it's the last Tuesday, December, I lost not a physical person, but I went through separation from my husband. So that was very traumatic for me, and I had to get the proper help that I needed. And I watched myself shut down. I lost friends. I, I lost like relationships with family members. I lost a lot of stuff, like things that meant a lot to me because I didn't know how to sort out the things. So I finally went to therapy. I tried the mental institutions. I'm, I don't know how y'all feel about mental institutions. I'm not a fan of them. I feel like they put you in a in a in a box and they tell you to come out the room. Like the last mental institute I went to, I went because I could not stay my dad being being deceased. Because every time I lost somebody, I remember telling my dad, Hey dad, can you take care of yourself because I need you? And he's like, Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Well he didn't have any control over me yet. He was still by drunk driving. So that was out of his hands. And since then he's unconditionally forgiven. I can't cope with him not being here. So Big issue that I have to learn because I feel like if I'm healthy, 
So the heart palpitations, the, uh, the being out of breath, the stomach, the, all of that, you know, your stomach being queasy, all of that is your body doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's saying, this is too much, and I'm now passing up. There is no medication for anxiety. You can take the Xanax, it's going to calm your symptoms, but a Xanax is the same thing as you taking Benadryl. It's gonna put you to sleep, it's gonna calm you out, it's gonna knock you out. There is no cure for anxiety. You have to manage those symptoms. You have to know your triggers. You have to know what's causing it. And Xanax is not something you can take long term. It's something that you take when it's happening. And generally, some people, do say that it helps sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. So it's kind of a wishy-washy <laughs> medicine, but it just depends on who you know takes to it. But that I, I think that's something that we need to know in the African American community is that we can't take a pill for anxiety. It doesn't do nothing. We gotta learn how to deal with it. And every now and then you may be able to you know take it so that you can calm those symptoms when you high high up here and before you get to the ER and you think you're having a heart attack. You know, yes, take it to calm those symptoms and if it's prescribed, but long term, it's, it's, there's no solution.
why we're destined to have friendships. And so like we could just be, oh, we're friends just to hang out. But no, we're friends to pray with each other, to build each other up. You know, so like keeping that at the forefront of like it's actually a godly connection. And so like what is our friendship supposed to serve in the community? Like how are we supposed to change the world together? You know, and I think sometimes we miss sight of that. Like, no, God connected us for a reason. It ain't just to go and have brunch. We supposed to be shaking some things up. So what is it that we're supposed to be shaking up? You know, so keeping that when you're even looking for friendships, like, okay, God, what are you gonna use me and my friends to do in this earth? You know. And so the last question with that was, how do you deal with comparison? Um, when was a time that you compared yourself with others?
on Lord Jesus and all of our things. But if you get to the root issue, then you're able to like cut it at the root, and then you're able to grow, and then you're able to step into that purpose, and then you're able to do the things that you're supposed to do. Because if someone picks 
right away, and that's really hard. Um, for me, for example, Courtney Huckle's person, the thing that everybody has gravitated to, that's not something that I created. I just chose to be myself every single day. And I still get very, very uncomfortable when people come to me like, oh, we want to Courtney Huckle this and that. Unless I'm on the radio talking in the microphone with no people there, then it's a hard thing for me to be able to grasp. But um, it's all about authenticity, I'll say that. Whether it's for your business or for yourself, about being authentic, it's about your truth. And as I listen to everybody talk in these sessions before, something that I've learned over the years is that if you haven't found yourself and you're not very comfortable, that business, that personal brand, none of those things are really gonna transpire. You may see a little success, but they're not really gonna transpire until you do stay connected to God and to yourself and get really rooted and get comfortable with showing up as that person every day. The question. It says, how did you find your way in building your brand? So, talking about Brunch of the Soul, I've always been passionate about women. So, essentially, we are meeting together bi-monthly and learning these new skills, making these lasting connections, being honest, being genuine, and basically just showing up and being our authentic selves. So, I've always had a passionate for women since I was young. You know, you guys have said something about how you guys are more gentle with your boyfriend compared to your friends, I am the opposite. So I am like, I don't give my men two chances, you know, whereas with my friends, I'm just so more, much more compassionate and forgiving. You know, I'm more likely to give that horrible toxic friend, you know, more chances than they should have gotten. So I've always been there for women and I've always wanted to create that safe space for women. Um, you shared uh, earlier being feeling uncomfortable, you know, and just feeling awkward and not sometimes feeling welcome. Well, that is how Brunch of the Soul was founded. I didn't feel welcome. I was walking into spaces where I was, you know, too black, my hair's too big, you know, and all these things, or, or even I was too white and I talked to this or, you know, something like that. So I created the space for women of all kinds to just show up. And you are welcome here, and we support you. You don't, you know, you look like whatever you look like, you talk like whatever you look like. We support you, and that's what I wanted to create. So I've always been passionate about that. Um, so basically, like Courtney said, I just decided to commit to that idea and be authentic about it, prayed about it, and people gravitated toward it, and they supported it. And so I didn't really need to ask for permission. I didn't need to ask for anybody to come, you know, to my events. It just happened because it was authentic you know it's real and when people they can they we all have our own internal compasses so we know when something's off or when they're just doing it for money you know so I think that is how my brand has survived and you know thrived is because it's been authentic from the beginning and even when I feel like it might be getting off course I'll sit with myself and God and I'll say okay how can I get back to what I started this for? How can I get back to the most genuine idea of what I even, you know, birthed in my mind? And you always have to get back to that, that why, you know? If you're getting off course from that and if other people are, you know, taking you in a different direction, that's when you really need to have a moment of solitude and listen to him or your internal compass or whatever it is that guides you. And you need to get back on track with what that internal compass is telling you. You know, you already know what's right for you. You already have the answer within you. 
how has connecting to God influenced the process of building your business? Well, I guess I kind of just said something right. like that. <laughs> uh, but I will say that uh, I could have easily, you know, just said, oh, somebody else will do this event. Oh, somebody else will create this. I could have easily allowed anybody else to create the event and the community that I've created. But no, I decided, you know, I'm going to work with God and I'm going to sit here and try to figure out what's my calling. I think Nikki had mentioned that, your calling. We all have a calling. That's the exciting part about life. We're not just placed on this earth just to float around and do nothing. You know, we have a purpose, and that is what I try to meet every single day. You know, even on the tough days, you just sit there and you think, what did God place me on this earth for? Even if it's just to bring a smile to somebody's face or to be somebody's ear or shoulder, whatever it is, I just stay in tune with that. And God has continued to guide me thus far. Stillness and sitting, that is the realest thing. This is not on your schedule. 
this is not on your time. And I'll even tell you a, a personal testimony and moment. You know, I said, I've been doing this for a while, I'm 37 years old. So I left my job at the uh, East Beckham Parish School System as a public information officer in 2006. Some of you guys probably were in high school in 2006. I'm just thinking about ages and times. But I, I've been out here for a minute. I've been doing things for a while. So I also had to learn when it was time for me to not put professional first, because anybody who knows me too knows that I'm all business all the time. And I had to start working on me. And I had no clue how I was gonna do that. And I started praying and praying, and I said, God, I need more leadership around me. I need people to show me the way, because I had hit the ceiling. I've achieved every dream that I had. I've made money. I've made plenty of people millions of dollars. I can call people and get anything that I need at any point. And you just get tired, and you're like, well, what am I gonna do now? And when that happened, God started to put amazing women in my life to lead me and to show me in different ways. And I'm not saying that because Pastor Christian's sitting right here, but I met Pastor Ronaldo first. And she came to me and started praying with me and praying for me and telling me things that I needed to do. And that opened it up. I also got the opportunity to work with the mayor. And some people may know her personally, some people may not, but that woman is a praying woman. She's an amazing leader, amazing leader. But to have an opportunity where your boss will text you and say, what do I need to pray for today for you? It's not about what she needs from me. And I can tell her something personal, I can tell her something professional, but only because I ask God to put me in situations to be led and to stop leading people that it worked out. So that was another answer. question I don't hear, but how do you have self-care in all of that? Because if y'all noticed, I was the because every time I see her, she says, are you taking care of yourself? Um, it's hard. It honestly is really, really hard. I heard a few people say no, and you said that, but you have to learn how to tell people no. Um, and that's really, really hard for me to do because I feel like I'm the person that everybody leans on. So I have consciously taken the time to lean out. I will plan a trip. I will go on vacation. I will take a week off just to be by myself and do nothing. Um, I will make my family mad, but I've had to make those decisions for myself because unless you're operating at 100, nothing else around you will. That's parenting, that's working, that's being in a, in a marriage. Until you are at 100%, then you can't do it. So the self-care part is, is about putting me at 100. And again, it's not about nails, hair, makeup, any of those things. It's really just about closing everybody out sometimes and really saying, what do I need at this moment? It might be to walk. It might be cooking yourself a meal. It may be, it's anything that you love to do that you're neglecting, that's what normally it is for me. Uh, yeah, definitely since taking on so many you know, different jobs and activities and things, self-care has become the thread. You know, I couldn't, I'm sure you guys have all heard the metaphor uh, that your cup has to be full in order for you to pour into others. And that's so true. And I remind myself that, like, when I'm leading a community of women, how could I dare, you know, call myself a leader or, you know, try to pour into them when I'm not even fulfilled, when I'm not even, you know, taking care of myself? So uh, ways that I do that is, yeah, it's not any of the frill, frill, pretty, you know, hashtag worthy things. Sometimes it is 
watching Netflix. You know, sometimes it's binge watching some crap show that I shouldn't be watching, but it makes me feel good. And that's all that matters. And then I could, you know, watch these, you know, girls on reality TV fight and then go to work. And I feel so good and productive and I am a millennial woman, you know? So it's whatever it requires at that moment, whether it's an Epsom salt bath, you know, candles by yourself, just treating yourself you know, you don't have to have a man or anything like that to, you know, actually take yourself out on a date. We're also afraid yeah. to be alone. Yeah. And we shouldn't be, you know? Like, yeah. whether, if you want to go see that movie, go see that movie. If you want to go to that fancy soji place or you want to go eat out somewhere, take your cute self and go, yeah. you know? So that's, wow. <laughs> you guys are so silly. Stop gassing me up. <laughs> That is really what it's about because, yeah, like Courtney said, you can't be 100. If you're, you know, dying on the inside and you're yearning for whatever it is that makes you feel good, you can't put all of your effort into your job or your relationship because you're not even happy. You don't even love yourself, you know? So, yeah, I do self-care in whatever way that means. Sometimes it means meal prepping and stop eating out all the time, you know? Sometimes it means canceling all my plans on a Sunday so that I can cook food, you know, it, or iron my clothes. Or <laughs> so seriously, or getting sleep. We don't appreciate sleep enough, and I'm one of those people. I'm one of the hustling people, you know, who will say, oh, oh, I can just, you know, I can survive off of two hours of sleep and a large coffee, you know, but no, that is not the way to go. So get your seven, eight, nine, however many hours of sleep that you need so that you can wake up feeling fulfilled and really go at your day 10 times better. Just watch how your vibe, you will be spreading light with everybody when you take care of yourself. But when you don't, you know how those people are. You guys have seen those people. You can tell when they're unhappy with their job, they're not taking care of themselves, they're breaking out, they're stressed, they're hungry, they're frustrated, you know, and you don't want to be that person. You have to take care of yourself in order for you to live your best life. Okay, this is the last question. It says, let's talk about clicks and competition. How have you dealt with not comparing yourself? Do you have a click? And how do you feel about the politics of clicks? And are you and also do you give people a fair chance of being your main friend and building your family? Yeah. So you can answer either one of them. Yeah, I feel like we need to break that down down. Okay, number one. So, Number one is, how have you dealt with not comparing yourself? We're going to skip that one because we talked about yeah, that. Yeah. We're going to talk about, do you have a clique? Okay. And how do you feel about the politics of cliques? Okay. So I'm just going to say I hate cliques, and I hate the word clique, and I hate the idea of a clique. Yeah. Um, I've never really felt welcome to cliques, and I don't even like to say that I have one, um, just because I feel like a clique is a very, you imagine like this closed circle and you feel like you're just trying to budge your way in. Like, how can any, like that idea, the whole no new friend, I don't say that, I don't sing that, I don't like that. Because I don't think that you should have no new friends. If you're not having any new friends, are you growing? Are you having new conversations? Are you talking about new things, you know? So I like the idea of just having, I like the word community. I feel like you hear that word a lot. And I like having, a all women community, I feel like I created Brunch of the Soul, my women's community, 
if that, you know, my click or whatever. Um, but it's open. It's so open. People are, you know, we're adding women every single day. And it's just this open space for dialogue and love and all of these things. And that's what I would want. I don't like the idea of not allowing others to join you or to learn from you because Again, I feel like I've experienced that so many times. There was all those clicks. We've all dealt with it. You know, elementary school and middle school and high school. There's always the mean girl group, the cute girl group, the this group. And I don't ever want to exclude anybody or I don't ever want anybody to feel like they can't be a part of what we're doing or be a part of what I'm doing or how I'm growing. So I will say I have a awesome community, Brunch of the Soul, people are all over here, represent, screaming, hey, whatever. <laughs> so I love these ladies, these ladies encourage me every day, they motivate me every single day, and we're always adding to our community, you don't need, to, there's no requirement, you don't need to be anything or have a degree or, you don't need to be a mom, whatever it is, like we're always welcoming new people, and yeah, I don't think, I think you guys should thrive off the idea of meeting new women and continue coming to amazing events like this so that you can keep developing your own community and your own network because your click is only so limited. You know, you can only meet the people and be exposed to the experiences that your click is getting, right? So you need to think outside of that because you have no idea the doors that are on the other side of your click. You know, there's so many more opportunities. All these women in this room can open a new door for you. Any single one of them. If you just, if you leave this event today, just take one business card at the least. Follow somebody on Instagram, something. There's so much excellence in here. We have therapists, we have stylists, we have hairstylists, we have creators, business uh, people, consultants, so many people. You could be expanding your network right now and if you get rid of the idea of just having a click. What car is it? Yeah, because I ain't got no money to help y'all, I'm sorry. It went all on this event. Indeed.
seem unapproachable, but they're really not. They may need that conversation, they may need that thing. And then also the entire, you know, not sliding in people's DM thing, do it often. Have a conversation with people because that's how it sparks. There's a lot of people that I've connected with simply through social media. And we have this world now where you can open so many new doors and learn so many different things and connect with people. So that's just something that we have to um, look at as a double-edged sword to make sure that we don't just label people as unapproachable, but we connect across the board as many ways as we can. Anybody have any questions or anything they want to raise? You got it by just being you. Um, I would have never thought that because I work so hard or because I go after it and I get it, that would be the name that would stick with me for the rest of my life. I don't think I'll ever be able to escape Courtney Hustle. And that's because I do several things. I'm always moving. My mindset is to make it happen. But I also used to beat myself up about that because my friends would say, well, why are you not trying to take it? Why are you not trying to do this? I need to make millions of dollars because I'm trying to save the world. I don't even want it for myself. I want to make a lot of money to give it to other people. So I get enjoyment out of work. Those are the things that I love to do. So I had to say to myself, you are enough, you are okay, and you got it by just being you. And one day that door will open. The other thing I would tell myself is be ready. Because if anybody has ever walked into their moment, you do not get a warning. They don't tell you, so just make sure you walk in what you're talking. Because the, the brand thing will throw you off. I have to say why I don't love the word brand. The word brand is trending right now. And it makes people think because you have so many followers and you have all these things, do you have capacity to do what you're trying to do in real life? Do you have capacity? Because one day the call is going to come, the door is going to open, and you're either going to make or break it. And don't embarrass yourself because you spent so much time looking the part and not being the That's good. Yes, facts. <laughs> We've all heard of Firefest, right? Or have some of us heard of that? The flop of a festival. Basically, for those who don't know, there was a huge festival. Millions of dollars were spent. This guy was like, oh, he told all these celebrities, oh, you guys are all going to come to this island, and you're going to have all these like beautiful tiki huts, blah, 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 blah. And they all paid their tickets, and they get to the spot, and it is a construction zone, right? So he had this whole festival, Kylie Jenner, like the, like rich people trusted this guy, this 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 brave guy, and they trusted him with their funds, and it was a flop, and they all had to fly back home, and he was buried in a bunch of lawsuits. So I just am bringing that up to say to to back up what she's saying, don't ever, yeah, put yourself in a situation where you're putting, you're like saying all the stuff that you can't actually handle. Like, start with what you have, so that's one of my pieces of advice. Start with what you have. The first brunch of the soul was at my house, right? Everybody thinks it started as the 60 person thing. No, it was 15 women, and I cleared out my living room, you know? Got rid of all the couches and stuff, set up all tables, and that was the event. And it was beautiful, it was intimate, it was genuine, and that's what it started from. I, you know, you, I started with what I had. And also, you're not your circumstances. 
right? And you, Jay, you mentioned all the triumphs and stuff that you got to get to this amazing, gorgeous, flawless event that you're having right now. I had to catch the bus because my car broke down and I had to catch the bus from Hobby Lobby to my downtown house, right? So I had to do that just to get all the glassware and fancy things that I wanted in my brunch. But I am not my circumstances because I'm sitting here today and I have an amazing brand, you know, that women support. And we had our first brunch in New Orleans. We're gonna go to Texas soon. And you know, it's just continuing to grow. And you know, I was catching the bus with my glassware, you know? So that's the reality. And also be your biggest cheerleader. So it's not always gonna be sold out events or sold out merch or whatever it is, book seats, whatever you do in your profession. It's not all, everybody's not always gonna be cheering you on. So you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to be your biggest promoter. And as Courtney knows, you have to be all the parts. You have to be the chief financial officer, the marketing director, you know, you have to be every single, the janitor, yes, you have to be everything. And so, and just be, but most of all, be your biggest cheerleader. If you're not supporting your brand and if you don't believe in your brand, it's gonna be hard to get people to, you know, support you as well. So just continue to support your brand. Again, sticking to your why and knowing why the heck you even started, supporting that and just building off of it. That's it right there. That's the answer. I don't even have to talk. Oh, no, no. You, you, listen, honestly, you just said it. You're a jack of all trades and you're a master of none. You cannot be great until you master one thing. You can only walk in one lane at one time. You can only use one foot at a time. You can't use both. And, and I say that from experience. But because truly, just because you can do all those things, that wasn't what you were necessarily meant to do at that time. And I'll give you an even bigger example where sometimes you have opportunities to stand out on your own and you to be in the front. Right now, I choose to work for the mayor. People call me every day, Courtney, I want you to do this. Courtney, I need you to do that. I need to be the chief service officer because if these kids don't get summer jobs or if this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen, I need to walk this lane as a community servant right now, today. Yeah. Tomorrow, after that's over, I may do something else, but you have choose the lane that you're in at that time. And I have to go back to the first thing that I said, to say that you have to stay plugged into God because yes, he gave you all those talents. He's gonna let you know which ones you should be using when. Well, thank you ladies for joining me. Thank oh, you about to say something? No, you're good. No, uh, you about to say something? You're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. You show? Yeah, yeah.